Hawks stun Miami at South Beach without Trey Young beating the Heat 109 to 108. Welcome to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks podcast. I am your host, Tim Ogles, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Mikey Kabrinsky, where we talk everything Hawks. Let's go! All right, Mikey, another great win for the Atlanta Hawks. Um something i wanted to bring up as soon as we started this pod uh trey young was inactive for this game uh due to illness so hopefully trey young's back uh this is a first game of a back-to-back uh this game was in miami the next game will be at home against cleveland tomorrow night um Man, the Hawks defense in this game. Um, Something I wanted to bring up. This is the first time this year the Hawks have held uh, three straight opponents to under 110 points in a game. Um, I feel like the Hawks defense might be turning a little bit of a corner, um, but uh, rotation seemed a whole lot crisper. Um, There was a lot of good things going on. What did you think about this game? Yeah, for sure. The, the Hawks defense played really well tonight, and and against a physical opponent like Miami, uh, you always have you all you always have to up the physicality against them. This is also the first time since November first that the Hawks have won three straight games. Uh, obviously, that was back uh, after the Hawks started zero and two. They went on that mini four game win streak right after that. It's all the way back in November, so uh, it seems a long time ago. But the the Hawks with this third straight win now have a chance to to really kind of climb out of a hole. And I, I thought this game tonight was just so even down, down the stretch at, at halftime. And you, you, you look across the stat sheet, both teams shot 46% from the field. Uh, the rebounding battle, uh, the Heat won that by six, but assists, the Hawks won that by two. Steals, six to seven in favor of the Hawks. Both teams had two blocks. Miami Heat, 16 turnovers. Hawks, 13 turnovers. This game in by all accounts, was really even. And it went all the way down the stretch until DeJounte Murray hits a second game winner in a row. Two consecutive game winners from DeJounte Murray. And on a night when Trey Young was out, he really stepped it up big, especially in that first half. Yeah, in the first half, he was phenomenal. In the second half, it was a, a little rough for DJ. But, you know, they, they always say stars shine their brightest when the lights are, are, are on. And they were definitely on at the end of this game. And he shut them out on Miami. Yeah, for sure. And th- th- this is a type of shot that DeJounte hit that you're like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, yeah, right when it gets right when it gets to the bottom of the net. Uh, so – but but like he's like he says at the end of these games at the end of both games he said it, you know he's built for this uh so he's he's demonstrated it in two straight games right there all right so we'll, we'll go into this one um this game was really kind of strange because you could tell it was a definitely a, a defensive matchup going in the first you could tell that and um you felt like offense was going to be at a premium definitely with Trey Young being out um you know the Hawks go up uh 15 to 9 um 
you know, to start out this game, offensive rebound and paint points for, for the Hawks. Uh, I felt like, you know, they were doing some really good things to start out this game. Um, but later on in the game, they kind of get away from some of that stuff. But uh, I felt like, you know, definitely to start it out, the, they look like they they had a game plan for sure. Yeah, early on, Clint Capella and Sadiq Bey really were, were doing a lot of work on the boards. Uh, when Garrison Matthews comes in, he takes a charge right away with with that impact. And, you know, the Hawks got up in this game pretty early, 22-14 to 14 with, a, with a, a 7-0 run to kind of create that first uh, bit of separation. And I thought um, of the Hawks, especially DeJounte Murray, doing a great job getting to the rim early. And Clint Capella, he had a lot of rebounds early. His is. Defensive impact in the game seemed to kind of waver as the game got on. But during the first quarter, the energy you can tell from the Hawks, Jalen Johnson, Sadiq Bey, uh, Capella, all three of those guys really, you could tell that they were they were get up, got up for this game and get ready for a physical matchup. Yeah, and during that uh, stretch, you had two patty threes, and I thought the Hawks were just moving the ball really well. Um but the Heat, uh, you know, basketball's a game of runs, and the Heat go on a 10-2 to run to counter it with uh, Jimmy Butler getting to the line, Duncan Robinson hitting threes. Um, you know, I, I felt like it was one of those things where, you know, the Hawks, you know, had to find their footing again. Duncan Robinson, man, when he sees the Hawks, something goes about him where he just goes bananas. He had four threes in the first half, but actually – Zero points in the second second half. So great job from the Hawks uh, recovering right there after a really, really signature Duncan Robinson game on the Hawks, it seems like. Yeah, and uh, Trent Forrest hit a three in this game. Three straight uh, threes now for Trent. Three straight threes. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, you know, the Hawks were up at that point, uh, 32-24 um, after one. Um, you know – one thing for for the Hawks that I, I felt like was really crucial in this game, and you've seen it in the first uh, with Patty Mills and Trent Forrest, you know that the Hawks are going to have to cover Trey Young's minutes, and, and those guys are going to have to do it well because, like, you the Hawks don't have one guy that can come in besides maybe Bogey that can have the offensive production that Trey has with when it comes to um, assist points, uh, you know, stuff like that. So I felt like Trent Forrest and um, Patty Mills did a really good job in this game uh, of somewhat together filling in those Trey Young minutes. Yeah, and you saw Patty Mills just going into the halftime locker room. He was on the broadcast with the interview. You know, he said he, he stayed ready, got some early shots in at shoot-around uh, in the morning in Miami. That's what you love to see out of your players that aren't necessarily guaranteed minutes every night. Yeah, um, it, it was, uh, you know, written out on Twitter by one of the reporters that Bogey and Patty Mills were at the court before the team got there at nine o'clock this morning getting up shots. That is insane. <laughs> that is wild. And I I think Bogey, now for Bogey, you know, he's in the middle of a shooting slump for sure, um, but it def definitely helped Patty Mills. And you mentioned Bogey as kind of that guy who can, take a little bit of load with the offense but with him in the in the shooting slump I think the spacing for the Hawks especially down the stretch when the game slowed down we'll go over and, uh, here later in the podcast but 
I think it kind of wavered a little bit just because a lot of their guys right now, Bogey and Sadiq Bay, just to name a few, uh, just can't hit from downtown. And without a, a real good three-point threat, three point threat like Trey, uh, kind of the spacing a little bit gets a little bit off there when the game slows down. But when the end of the first quarter, the Hawks shot 5 of 11 from deep compared to the Heat's 2 of 10. And this was one of the best stats I've seen from the Hawks in any quarter of the season. 29 of their 32 points came from downtown or in the paint. That is Quinn Ball. Quinn Snyder preaches getting to the rim and shooting threes. 29 to 32, That I'm sure Quinn was happy about the offensive result there in that quarter. Yeah, and we can move to the second. And one guy that normally we have uh, definitely touched on, um, you know, by this point of the game is Jalen Johnson. And in the first quarter, he he was a little rough. He had, he he did have a nice uh, lob that he caught for a dunk, but his impact uh, offensively definitely changes without Trey Young. Do you, do you look at it and see it the same way there? Yeah, I do. Um, Glenn Willis at ATL 29 Potty he mentioned that uh, on Twitter. And I think one of the one of the biggest keys about that is, you know, DeJounte really likes to uh, snake the pick and roll and gets that mid-range game or that, that runner. And if he does that, that short roll with Jalen, which, which is – in my opinion, his strongest suit, his strongest role in that in the half court offense, that's not really an option there, just because the spacing gets a little bit jumbled up, and especially when you've got you know Bay struggling, Capella on the floor, it's just not going to work that way. Um, I think that was the biggest reason you saw Jalen a little bit uncomfortable. But I also thought he needed to be a little bit more aggressive, especially uh, with guys uh, like Caleb Martin on him. I, I would have liked him to, and Nikola Jovic, I would have liked him to to kind of take it to the rim a little bit. Um, but obviously, you know, Bam Adebayo being that great defender, he's also at the rim. Uh, so I wish he would have picked his spots a little bit more and, and been more aggressive overall. Yeah, and, you know, at this point in the game is tied at 34 and the Heat go on a 10-0 run. Um the Hawks were really struggling struggling on the offensive side um, when DeJounte went off the floor, and that kind of changes in the second half. I'm telling you, this game was wonky um, when it came to lineups and what really worked for the Hawks. Uh, I noticed that the Hawks' offense also worked a little bit better with Jimmy Butler off the floor. Um, it's just the way Jimmy defends and, and – you know, that's one thing that everybody's well known around the league. Jimmy Butler is a good defender and uh, he, he's good at using leverage. And, um, you know, that's that's something I saw that I felt like the Hawks probably could have took a bigger advantage of. But um, unfortunately, they didn't. Yeah. One thing I thought was interesting was the Hawks were definitely playing at a slower pace. And I'm not necess- necessarily sure if that was by design. But it was bound to have happen without trade. DeJounte just generally plays at a slower pace. But I thought that fell right into the Heat's hands because the Heat have a very good half court defense. Uh, they, they don't really they they struggle to score score the ball a little bit in the half court. So if you sped them up and, and not allow them to set their defense, I thought that would have been a better decision for Mahomes. I don't think there's one player on the Miami Heat that I dislike as much as I do Kyle Lowry. I, I really do because the way he's uh, he's just a pest. Like he he is like one of those gnats at a cookout that you just can't get away from you. It's it's rough. 
yeah, he's one of those guys where you hate playing against him, but I'm sure everybody on the Miami Heat loves playing with him. That's that's just one. That's like you know Dil, your Dylan Brooks of the world, Draymond Green. That's it, it reminds me of, of kind of kind of the, like those guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, going on a little bit further into the second, um, I felt like the Hawks. Um, once DJ got back in the game, they they kind of found their footing just a little bit. What would you think about that? Yeah, yeah, especially to, to, to end to end the second half. Sorry. I thought DeJounte was was better and kind of stabilized a bit of that off offense that he that was that we didn't see without him. At this point, the Hawks were up 45 to 44. Uh, Duncan Robinson uh, already already hit four threes. And actually the Heat went up 45-44. That was their first lead of the night from that play. Uh, but something that Sadiq Bey was adjusting to well in this game, and Tim, you pointed it out to uh during the game, he was getting to the rim. And drawing fouls, Bay, while in that while in that massive shooting stump that he's in, he's been able to impact the game in different ways, like on on the rebounding and then get drawing fouls. Something that something that's been a nice thing to see. Yeah, and for Sadiq, like, um, and, and I think that has to do with um, whoever's the ball handler at the time, and Quinn Snyder as well. Um, Miami decided to put Tyler Hero on Sadiq Bay, and to me, if you could get Sadiq Bay on the block with Tyler Hero, that's a free foul every day of the week. Yeah. Uh, it's just he can't handle him physically. Yeah, exactly. We've wrestled many times. Sadiq, one definitely one of the strongest guys on the team, and a Hero Hero shouldn't be able to keep him from getting to the spot where he wants it, from, either from his post fade or you know a little drop step in the lane for an easy two. Yeah, and um, something that uh, I pointed out to you during the game, too, is a beautiful ATO um, from Quinn Snyder. Uh, it was a play for Bogey and Jalen. ended up in a beautiful slam dunk. Um, you know, the Hawks, uh, I seen this uh, the other day on Twitter. The Hawks are the seventh-ranked team on out-of-bounds plays this year. Um that that is definitely a Quinn Snyder effect because I felt like when Nate McMillan, the Hawks really struggled at ATOs. Well, hold on, let me add on to that. The Hawks struggled just to inbound the ball whenever Nate McMillan was here. <laughs> yeah, that that play that play was really nice. Uh, Bogey definitely he drew two defenders from a three, and that allowed Jalen uh, to come off a back screen for an easy cut, wide open slam. So that was a good find by Bogey. Uh, but to end the half. Uh, Quinn Snyder's always harp harping on that. DeJounte Murray, a four-point play over Tyler Hero to give the Hawks a 57-56 to 56 lead heading into halftime. Murray had 15 at the half, 8 of 19 th for threes for the Hawks. That's what we'd like to see. But this game, like I mentioned at the top of the show, it was very even on the stat sheet and on the eye test uh, as the defensive kind of grinded out game in that first half. Yeah, um, something I like to see also from the Hawks at halftime is uh, 13 assists. Uh, I felt like that was, that was a pretty good number. Um, I felt like DeJounte uh, did a good job definitely in that first half uh, of moving the ball. Um, something that, you know, you talked about is bogey struggles in, in the first half uh, with Trey not there. He only had five points on one of three from three. Um 
you know, for the Hawks, uh, you know, one of the main things is for Quinn Snyder, he's always preached is getting up the threes and the Hawks are getting them up, but it feels like guys like Sadiq and Bogey are some of the guys that can really build, um, I guess, massive momentum with their threes. Definitely Sadiq in the corner, Bogey on catch and shoots. Um, you know, the Hawks are just really missing that right now. Uh, I, I hope both guys get back in, um, you know, their rhythm of things, but it's uh, definitely hurting the Hawks. Yeah, for sure. As both teams come out of the locker room, head into the third quarter, uh, it was the Heat really taking control of the game. An 11-2 run, and they got up 77-70. Yeah, that had to be the longest halftime ever. Like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, Udonis Hassan was uh, getting his getting his jersey retired tonight, and it was I'd say it was a close to a thirty minute halftime for sure. It was insane. Like, come on, like it's one of those things where you couldn't do a pregame. Like, tell your fans to get there like thirty <laughs> minutes early. Come on, man. Like, you got us over here waiting forever. Like the Hawks are on this back to back. Like we got to travel back to Atlanta and play again tomorrow night against Cleveland. Like it's crazy. But yeah, uh, during this run, but they were able to get a Tyler Hero switch onto Bogey, and that de- definitely doesn't favor the Hawks. He he kind of did a couple snatchbacks on him for for a couple threes, and the offense was really struggling. It wasn't the same uh, type of offense that we saw the Hawks were playing in the first half. A lot of stagnant the stagnant ball movement or stagnant lack thereof ball movement and uh, Murray DeJounte was really driving at the rim this game I definitely want to give him a lot of credit for that but in the first half I thought he was doing a great job of balancing his attack versus knowing when to dish or or kick it out to a corner for a three ball in the third quarter it didn't really feel like it was the same DeJounte yeah, I think I counted like five straight possessions where DeJounte had it and it only led into two passes. Um, that's one of those things where you you want your guy to call his number, but also you want your guy to get everybody else involved as well because I felt like at that point it was DeJounte trying to beat the Miami Heat by himself. And there's four other guys to help DeJounte to do that. Yeah, and towards the end of the third quarter, this was by far the roughest sequence of the game. Uh, the Heat were up eighty-three to seventy-eight with, uh, you know, with, with around four minutes and fifty seconds left. The Hawks go on a nine-two run to get it to an eighty-three-eighty-one deficit. But then, the final four minutes and thirty-one seconds of the third quarter, Tim, there were two points scored by either team, and the Hawks got those two. The Heat didn't score at all. This was one of those stretches where. You're just like, oh, did both teams just check out? Like, what what is this offense doing? Both teams are turning the ball over. It was, it, it was just, just crazy sequences. Yeah, there was three live ball turnovers back to back. Um, it, it, like two of them looked like football passes uh, that got intercepted, and you know it, it's one of those things where I felt like the Hawks were playing good defense in the half court. Definitely at this point in the game, like I, I don't ever give the Hawks too too much props on the defensive side, but in this game, I, I really do think in the third and fourth they played really good defense. Yep, I uh, would agree as well. Uh, to start the fourth quarter, the Hawks take it to the Heat. 8-0 run to go up 100-97. to um, And then 
there there was there was after before that it was just all back back and forth really in the fourth quarter no team really got control and this was this was really the first time the hawks were in a good position to take this game but then jimmy g buckets happen personal 5-0 run from jimmy butler and then bam hits two free throws to give the heat a 105 to 102 lead and that was you know obviously 7-0 run from the heat and then uh, tim you can kind of take it away from here with with clutch time yeah, uh, both of the teams started turning over the ball, like, um, and uh, you know they had they had seven turnovers. The Hawks had five. Um, Bogey, just in the fourth alone. Yeah, just in the fourth. Like, uh, you know, Bogey, Bogey hit two pretty good free throws um, to kind of close this, uh, you know, this little portion out. Um, but I felt like the Hawks. Um, at this point, like it was going to be one of those things where we're, we're back against Orlando, like uh, the, the game you just watched where um, come down to this crunch time and somebody's going to have to step up. Yeah. And the guy that stepped up on defense in the next possession was Jalen Johnson. He was guarding Tyler Hero. They had the floor cleared out for him. And JJ stayed down on a couple pump fakes, got a stop, and the Hawks get the ball to DeJounte Murray, and then you take it away from here. DeJounte Murray dribbles it up and launches a three. Uh, it was one of those threes where um, you're holding the couch seat really tight. Um, and, you know, because you don't know if it's a great shot at first, but once it goes in, um, you know, there's two seconds left, and I felt like, you know, he did it again. Yeah, the Hawks were down 106 to 108 heading into this possession. DeJounte hits a deep three uh, after a hesitation move on Caleb Martin, and the, the Atlanta takes a 109-108 lead. Then uh, on the out-of-bounds play coming back for the Heat, they call a timeout, and weird sequence here. The Heat inbound the ball, Martin to Butler, but Butler's in the corner. He's not really going to do anything there. He's guarded by J.J. really closely. And then Butler passes it out to Caleb Martin. But by the time he gets the ball, there's 0.3 seconds left on the clock. He pump fakes, and the Heat don't get a shot. And now, you know, the team goes to Murray, crowds around them after that. That was one of those possessions where if the Hawks lost that game, on the possession, it would have been devastating. But seeing the Heat not get a shot off and the, for the Hawks really to play great defense for all 48 minutes, uh, that was huge. Yeah, this is not the first time that Jimmy Butler has fumbled a last-minute uh, possession against the Hawks. Uh, he had a game in Atlanta where he had a chance to take a lead. Uh, Kyle Lowry throws him an inbound lob at the rim, and he misses a wide-open layup, and the Hawks win. So um, thank you again, Jimmy Butler. I appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a weird inbounds play for sure. I'm not sure that Eric Spolstra drew up a play to get Jimmy Butler the ball in that position because it, it was kind of it was kind of for him. Like, what am I supposed to do in, in the corner when I'm guarded by a guy who's a good defender who's taller than me? Like, I, I'm not sure what the game plan was there. But we can go we can go into the box score here. Start off with Trent Forrest. He played 10 minutes, was one of four from the field, one of two from deep. One rebound, three assists, three points. I thought Trent Forrest was pretty good in this game. Off offensively, it was a little bit rough, but you know, you you hit a three. I thought he played good defense tonight. It was it was back to the minutes Trent Forrest was playing that we saw a couple weeks ago, where he was making an impact in a short amount of time. 
Yeah, and if you listen to the off-day pod, we we figured that Trent was going to get some minutes in this game. Um, But I I felt like, you know, at at the time we didn't know Trey was going to be out, but I felt like Trent filled in really well for what the Hawks needed. Um, Moving to Garrison Matthews, uh, 19 minutes, 3 of 5 from the field, uh, 3 for 4 from deep, 3 assists, 3 rebounds, Nine points. I felt like Garrison Matthews actually played one hell of a game tonight. Yeah, I thought it was really good. The Im- the impact was great. He drew his signature charge there early in the game. And, w- and when he can shoot three or four from beyond the arc, you- you'll always take that. Patty Mills in 18 minutes. I thought he had a similar impact as well in a short amount of time. Four, six from the field, three of five from deep. He also added three rebounds, two assists, and a steal for 11 points. Patty Mills was really good in this game as far as just knocking down shots and kind of being a steady presence on the floor. I thought I thought he was he was the, the one of the best minutes uh, stints that we've seen from Patty this season. Yeah, and um I thought Patty was phenomenal. I, I thought maybe Patty was probably the second best player in this game. Um you know moving to Anyeka uh 25 minutes four or five from the field one for one from deep uh five rebounds one assist one steal one block um nine points i felt like Anyeka was pretty good in this game uh i felt like you know he he did a good job on bam out of bio um I, I felt like he he had a good game yep for sure as we move on to the starters here clint capella 22 minutes, 2 of 4 from the field. And, you know, those field goal attempts are probably going to be lower, uh, not playing with Trey, obviously. Uh, Capella made 5 of 7 from the line, 11 rebounds, 1 block, 9 points. Capella, I thought in the first half, was really good. I think it tailed off a little bit in the second. Um, but overall, overall he, he was okay. Yeah, I thought Clint was okay. Um, moving to Sadiq Bay, uh, 36 minutes, 412 from the field, 0 for 5 from deep, 6 from 7 from the free throw line, two rebounds, 14 points. I felt like Sadiq definitely struggled from deep, but me and you have talked about this uh, time and time again about uh, Sadiq Bay's threes and it having a major impact when he's on the floor. But I felt like in this game also Sadiq um, changed his impact a little bit by getting to the free throw line and attacking the rim because I felt like those were some really crucial points that he had um, definitely uh, driving at Tyler Hero. Yeah, and with – Trey Young out, Bogdan Bogdanovich got the start at the shooting guard position. 35 minutes, 6 of 15 from the field, 3 of 7 from deep, 2 of 2 from the line, 3 rebounds, 1 assist, 17 points. No steals from Bogey, rarity this season. But uh, Bogey struggled offensively in this game, uh, just, just couldn't knock down shots, 6, six of 15 from the floor. But um, we, we, we've seen Bogey go on so many tears throughout his Hawks tenure that – we're just we're kind of just waiting for for it to happen again, where where he's gets to be that you know that six man candidate that he's been so far this season. Yeah, and I have uh, all the faith in Bogey to get back to that. Um, go into Jalen Johnson, thirty three minutes, seven of fourteen from the field, uh, one of four from deep, seven rebounds, two assists, two steals, fifteen points. I felt like Jalen. Um, 
struggled a little bit on the offensive side. I think that has a lot to attribute of Trey Young being out. Um, but I felt like defensively, Jalen Johnson played a really good game. So I thought Jalen was pretty good in this game. Yeah, I thought he still could have been a little bit more aggressive. Uh, but def- defensively, I liked what I saw. And then the player of the game, DeJounte Murray. 40 minutes, 9 of 22 from the field, 3 of 7 from deep, 1 of 1 from the line, 3 rebounds, 11 assists, 2 steals, 22 points, and a heck of a game when he shot too. Uh, you know, DeJounte in this game, he really had to carry the offense. We knew there would be a lot of shot attempts for DeJounte tonight, 22 of them. Uh, but he was great in the first half, not, not so much in the second half and the third quarter. And in the fourth quarter, you know, he only made one shot, but that one, one shot – was a game winner getting the Hawks that three game win streak. Yeah, so um, the Hawks are on now a second game of a back-to-back. They will be um, playing the Cleveland Cavaliers tomorrow night. I will be in the building at State Farm Arena. Um, The first key, throwing different looks at Donovan Mitchell. Um, I think that you, the Hawks need to make sure that they are giving Donovan different looks on the defensive end, um, switching guys, uh, making sure you throw doubles at him. Um, they're down a, a bunch of guys right now. Uh, Mikey, what does their injury report look like right now? Yeah, Mo- Mobley's out. He's probably out till near the All-Star break. Uh, Darius Garland's out for another week. So and then Karis LeVert's doubtful for tomorrow's game as well. So if you if you can really kind of make Mitchell uncomfortable, like the Hawks were able to do last time in Cleveland, um, they they should be able to put themselves in a position to to win the game. And then the second key, backline early rotation. So uh, assuming that the Hawks go with that uh, the the biggest high on the screen, uh, Clint Capella cutting off the ball handler. Jared Allen last time that happened ha- had a field day in the paint. Uh, there, that pocket pass or roll pass from the Cleveland guards were there every single time the Hawks played them. Now, the 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 adjustment that I think the Hawks can make here is getting getting that guys those guys on the back line to rotate over early to try and take a charge or really disrupt that pass to make sure Allen doesn't get an easy touch on the rim because the Hawks, let's face it, their back line, especially without Hunter, is small. So they need to be able to uh, intercept those passes and make it uncomfortable for Allen in the paint. Yeah, playing the passing lanes is going to be a, a big factor in, in definitely doing that. Um, the third key, uh, spacing with the first unit. I, I think that with um, them having a, a big presence like Jared Allen, um, the Hawks need to be conscious of getting up the three ball. Um, we know that's part of Quinn Snyder's system, pace and space and getting to the rim. So I would like to see this Hawks team definitely guys like Bogey, Sadiq, um, Garrison, you know, get the three ball up and, and, you know, force, you know, with like, for me, this feels like a game where Anyeka Kongwu would be really pivotal, where you can draw Allen out of the paint as well. So, like, I think that you know that's something the Hawks could dig into as well. Yeah, and and, and if Treyon doesn't play, you assume Bogdanovich will start at the two as well. Hopefully, the Hawks can try to solve some of the issues that that they saw tonight. You know, Bogey being on the floor on the same time as Sadiq Bay, Clint Capella, all these guys that I just listed are having trouble shooting the ball. I mean, Jalen Jalen's had a good ball, 
had, had a good shooting year from three, but he's not that type of threat either. So if Trey doesn't play, hopefully the Hawks can get that sufficient spacing. But if he does, I'm, I'm sure it won't be a problem for the Hawks. But, yo, back-to-back game winners from DeJounte Murray. Let's see if he can make it a third one, and let's see if the Hawks can get to make it four in a row against Cleveland tomorrow night. And that'll do it for this episode of the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks podcast. Make sure to follow this podcast wherever you get your podcast content like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can follow me on X at Pinwizard300 and follow Tim at TimHawks23. Be on the lookout to receive the latest Hawks coverage from us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. Peace. Peace.